it came from that challenge on Drag Race. Okay. And they gave us the challenge to create and market our own fragrance. Because, you know, I mean, Cher has fragrance commercials, Elizabeth Taylor, RuPaul has fragrances. So it really makes sense. And, uh, yeah, I made a scent that I thought smelled good. I don't know why I thought of, of calling it Red for Filth. Of course, it comes from reading. Yes. Like, if you get Red for Filth by the, by the judges, that's bad. I would love to talk about the notes in it. I know that there's one that's quite controversial. Yes, lilac. It's very Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> Welcome back to Scent World a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. We are here with the iconic Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. Thank you so much for being here, Queen. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. People may know you as the winner of the second season of Drag Race Mm All-Stars. You were also, I mean, you're a staple of Drag Race. I agree completely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) I am so honored to be in the presence of royalty. Thank you. Uh, It's so nice to be here. And look, these gorgeous flowers. Oh, my I mean, we have to do it up for you. Oh, my gosh. So to kick things off, loaded question. What is your relationship to scent? Sometimes people come up to me at shows and they're like, you smell so good. And I'm like, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> so I think it's a mixture of um, my natural essences and mm. hairspray. Okay. That's my signature scent. But I like, I love Tresemme. It smells so good. Mm-hmm. That shit's good. Yeah. Yeah. And she gives you enough hold, yes? Yes. Okay. She gives me enough hold. And then, of course, got to be glue if you, like, really have to do oh. some industrial-ass drag. For sure. For yeah. sure. Do you have any scent memories that you recall as Alaska was coming up in the world? Sure. Like, I've gone through phases with with different fragrances. Okay. So, like... Oh my gosh, what was I used to wear Britney Spears fantasy. Yes. And I you get to a point when you're doing drag and you're wearing scents and mm-hmm. all your stuff starts to smell like it. So and then it mixes in with like the gross smells of like the sweat and the this and the <laughs> and the wrinkled dollars and everything like that. So then you're like, I can never smell that again for the rest of my life. So then I switched. I wore Alien for a little while. Yes. Love Alien. We love Alien. I wore Flower Bomb for a little while. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So like very feminine, very like, mm, like florally kind of sense. For sure. Yeah. And so, now it's just Tresemme. Yeah. And as well as your own. Yeah. So I would love to get into Red for Filth. Perfect name. Perfect name. I Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so what was the creation process like? What was it like when you were like, I am going to launch this fragrance? Well, it came from that challenge on Drag Race. Okay. And they gave us the challenge to create and market our own fragrance. Because, you know, I mean, Cher has fragrance commercials, Elizabeth Taylor, RuPaul has fragrances. So it really makes sense. Dangerous. Flawless. Overpriced. Whether you're getting red the house down, your makeup is terrible. <laughs> red for filth. Are you red? E for me. And so we got to actually have essential oils and put the little things in the, in the thing oh and like God. concoct a smell. 
If Alyssa Edwards didn't spill them, we had them available to use. <laughs> uh, she like knocked over the whole thing. Oh no. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I made a scent that I thought smelled good. I don't know why I thought of, of calling it Red for Filth. Of course, it comes from reading. Yes. Like if you get Red for Filth by the, by the judges, that's bad. You know, they, they you know tell you what's fucked up about mm-hmm. you as you're standing there in a line. And so I wanted to like grab a color. Maybe I had a red wig and that's why I was like, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of clothes on Drag Race. So I don't know, red for filth. I would love to talk about the notes in it. I know that there's one that's quite controversial. Yes, lilac. It's very yes, controversial. Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> But no, I feel like the cocaine note. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, I've never seen that in a fragrance. It used to be in Coca-Cola, right? And now it is a note in Red for Filth. I couldn't believe they went along with it. I mean, when when (laughs) they were coming up with the fragrance and they, they sort of sent me three different, like, profiles. But that was based on what I wanted it to smell like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I love lilac. Like, that's my favorite flower. It reminds me of home, my childhood. I also love, like, the sort of earthy kind of leather kind of stuff. I love that being in there. And I was like, and I wanted to smell like really good cocaine. <laughs> Listen, this is all behind me now. But in my early days, there was... It happened, okay? okay? It happened. And when it was good, it had this really good smell. Okay. Like, it was kind of like gasoline, kind of. Huh. And so I was like, I wanted to smell like that so that people can experience the smell of cocaine without actually having to do it. <laughs> Wait, I, like, love that. We have to smell it now. Like, we yes, obviously please. have to smell and it. And they managed to do it. I couldn't believe it. Oh I couldn't believe how they isolated it. So someone over at... They know what they're doing. (laughs) So I have these blotters. Let's do it. I don't know if I can. The packaging is also so stunning. I mean, we need some commotion for the packaging. Isn't it beautiful? I like it. Yeah, I want it to be kind of spooky, kind of scary, kind of elegant. I know. It feels very at home with like Feruza Bulk's vanity on the craft. Very that. Okay, great. This is the Alaska symbol. It's because you can spell the name Alaska inside of it. Like you can spell each of the letters like A-L-A. There's an S there. And then there's like a K backwards in there. Um, So that's the Alaska symbol, which is a triangle. So I was like, the box has to be triangle. Mm -hmm. Voila. They made the box triangle. Um, They wouldn't let me put fuck on the the front (laughs) because the manufacturers were like, no. Oh my god. We couldn't possibly. <laughs> so I just put two like slashes. So it's like, you know what it is. Yeah. You know what it is. And then, yeah, I wanted it to be like red velvet inside. Like very like luxurious, almost like Bram Stoker's Dracula kind of yes. like um like an artifact. And like the rich, like gold. Oh my gosh. The gold pump. We had to have that. Of course. And then like, yeah. I looked at so many, the amount of bottles and caps and pumps I searched through. I'm very like, I'm very picky about fonts. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm very picky about bottles too. But this is the one. This is beautiful. 
She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love how she makes a statement all on her own, but even like the box in and of itself. Sometimes I throw my fragrance boxes out, recycle them, yeah. save the planet. But like I would definitely keep this and display it somewhere where everybody can look at it. Totally. And actually, yeah. you should keep your fragrances in a dark place because then they'll last longer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hey. The sun degrades them. See, I didn't even know that. I'm learning so much. You're doing everybody a service with this wonderful box. Yes, I did it on purpose. <laughs> yes. When we did the um, the commercial for it, we like had a super close in zoom in shot on it. So we would like position it, and then we'd look in the camera and be like, "It's covered in fingerprints." <laughs> so we like couldn't touch it. So it, like even the smallest like it fucks up the shot. So we were just waxing it That's over and so over. Funny. Okay, I'm gonna spray these. Okay. Ooh. I definitely smell the lilac. I definitely smell, well, I don't know, girl. I've never done Coke before, but I smell something. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's sort of a, it's like a bleachy sort of Mm chemically like level that's in there. And then I definitely smell the woods coming through. It's very sexy. It's very like. I think so too. It's so good. They did such a good job. What kind of a character does this evoke when you decide to wear red for Phil? Like. Does it bring out a different personality or a different side of you? It was really important for me that it didn't feel gendered, mm-hmm. that it felt sort of, I like to call it unisexual, non-binary yes. um, scent. Because I don't want it to be like just for just for this type of person. I want it to be something that everyone can enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think we achieved that. I think it it does. It has a sort of, it's it's non-traditional it doesn't smell like, I don't know, any other fragrance that I've ever smelled. Yeah. And I, yeah, I like it. It's sexy. It's dangerous. It is it's dangerous. It's flawless. <laughs> and I smell like a little bit of a smoky nut. Like, yeah, it does. It reminds me a bit of like a really fun night out. And yeah. And you come home like covered in glitter. Your dollar bills have all been handed out to the queens. And yeah. like, a cigarette from somebody has wafted onto yes! your jacket while you like wait for your Uber. Oh my God, you're so right. This yeah. is so good. Like the more that I smell it, the more that I'm like, it, it really takes you there. It takes yeah. you to like a really good night out. Oh, I love it. And where can our friends at home find this if they wanted to shop it at home? Mm, um, you can go to alaskathunderfuck.com. I love it. Yeah. I love that the lilac note doesn't totally disappear. Like it comes back. It's a yeah. bit like... Oh, I love this. Can I spray it on my wrist? Yes, please. I'd be honored. Um, You have to tap it. You have to tap it because if you rub it, the scent molecules will like disintegrate and then your fragrance is not as long lasting. It's a tap. It's a tap. I love that. I want to put some on. Oh, I love that even more on skin. (laughs) It's a tap. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah it is good on skin huh it is mm. and when it brings out these like Ooh. skin on skin contact vibes like it was a fun night out but the night's not over and you're gonna have fun when you get home okay <laughs> it really is good it is good and i knew it was good when i uh had my mom try the tester and she liked it okay so, so when mama approves mother approved have you gotten compliments on it whenever you wear it out? I feel like this is yeah. a very, like, I'm going to get in the car and the guy's going to be like, what are you wearing? That smells yeah. amazing. Yeah, totally. 
And I love smelling it on other people. I can instantly tell if mm-hmm. like someone comes up to it's me. It's like, oh, you it. smell like me. <laughs> yeah. So when you were developing the fragrance, did you have any sort of benchmarks that they gave to you as inspiration or was it kind of just like your own imagination was the start? Yeah. They didn't give me, when we were developing it, they didn't give me references of like known scents. Okay. They asked me, what do you like? What do you want it to smell like? And then they sent me like three like profiles. Like this one was like super cocaine-ish. This one was super flowerish. This one was super earthy leather. And so then I was like a little bit of this, a drop of this, a little bit of this. And then they sort of concocted Red for Filth mm-hmm. from that. How many iterations did it go through until you found the one? I think it was fast. I think they got it. They nailed it. Oh, nice. Like, I was like, I want it to be like this, this, and this. And then they sent me like two options. And I was like, that's the one. In developing your fragrance, how much cocaine was too much cocaine? I mean, really, it, a little can go a very long way. Truly. It, it was like, because it's very chemically. And so I was like, I want it to be in there. So like, if you know, you know. But I don't want it to dominate the whole thing. Because that would actually be kind of gross. Mm-hmm. It's like a little tongue-in-cheek joke. It's self-aware. It has a sense of humor. Uh And that reminds me kind of of a quote that you said before where sometimes people don't consider drag an art form because it has such a sense of humor and humor is very involved. But I feel like in the choir of horror movies is Scream not amongst the singers. You know, like I love like a self-aware, humorous moment. Yeah, and I think that's why drag does resonate with so many people because... You know, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it is like it is an art form, truly. And it's a reflection that makes people kind of like laugh at themselves in a way. Totally. And it totally is like taking the sort of taking the piss out of like culture and Mm -hmm. like like what we believe. Oh, gender is this and this and there's nothing in between. Like drag completely like dissolves that and makes fun of it Mm -hmm. and also celebrates everything that's in between. So it celebrates all of it. So yeah, it's people ultimately walk away feeling, um, I think really like empowered and like inspired like after going to a drag show because they're like, you can kind of, you can kind of be anything. She's Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's everything. Yeah, Yeah. everything. (laughs) Okay, so in previous interviews, you have talked about how you hate the smell of Axe body spray. I hate, hate, hate the smell of Axe body spray. So yeah, I didn't want it to smell like shit, okay? (laughs) I really just didn't. I was like, if we're going to do that, that's why it took so long to develop this. Like, it's it's a reference from season five of Drag Race, which was literally, what, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, whatever. Um, so I was like, I, it has to be good. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I, it can't smell like, like Axe bodies. Oh my God. Even just talking about it. (laughs) It just is like triggering. It takes me back to like high school gym class. Yeah. Very that. Um, (laughs) and I also wanted to avoid the sort of like, I don't know. There's like a sort of powdery fragrance. Like I'm thinking like white diamonds, like I love the commercial. Yes. But the fragrance itself, I'm like, I don't need to, I don't need to be smelling like this. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like antiquated. So I wanted it to be modern. I wanted it to be new and sexy and unisexual non-binary. I love that because smells don't have a gender. That's yeah. 
Oh, it just – yeah, I feel like the smokiness and like almost a woody note comes out now on my skin. Yeah. Oh, she's gorgeous. What does RuPaul smell like? What does RuPaul smell like? It's hard because you never get that close to her. <laughs> <laughs> what does she smell like? I also don't have a very good sense of smell. Okay. <laughs> but I can smell this. What does RuPaul smell like? Dreams and money. Aspirations. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who is the best smelling person that you've like run into in your long career? I mean, my sister detox. She bathes in alien Mugler. Yes. And then what's the other um, Mugler? This. Oh my gosh. The sister fragrance. Angel. Angel. She like she bathes in it. Everything you can smell her before she comes in the room. Uh, fantastic gorgeous that that is synonymous with her it's like yes. in her dna now oh i love that yeah and those are two such recognizable scents in mm-hmm. my old building in new york i would get into the elevator every time after this fabulous person i don't even i've never seen them but i have smelled <laughs> the angel coming off it's of probably them. detox oh my gosh we were neighbors i didn't yeah. even know it <laughs> <laughs> live in the same building love that no you would know if you lived in the same building as detox right <laughs> she's not inconspicuous <laughs> Do you have any scent memories that stand out to you from growing up, like something that was really comforting to you or like the smells around the holidays where everything smells like what? Cinnamon and fur. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely think about my grandmother. She was French Canadian. Okay. Like she's from Quebec and spoke French and she was going over to her house. It was one of the like safe spaces where like as a little kid, I could like sort of play in her stuff mm-hmm. her like clothes her. She had these old perfume bottles with the like squeeze thing. Oh, yeah. And she had like these old lipsticks that I can still smell that, you know, that lipstick smell. Like I love those sort of, those sort of cozy scents. I love yes. that. I read somewhere that the lipstick smell that we get is like a mix of rose and violet. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Just some inspiration for your second fragrance. I know, right? <laughs> so we know you don't like Axe Body Spray. What did you wear in high school? <laughs> Unless they want to like buy ads on my podcast. Then I love Axe. I use it every day. <laughs> Period. No, that just stinks. Yeah. <laughs> What did you wear in high school? Did you gravitate more towards like, I mean, you mentioned Britney Spears, Queen. Yeah. 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 I didn't get into Britney until after high school. It was like once I was in college, I was like, and then it was like Jessica Simpson, like the edible. Oh, dessert body spray. Yes. That shit was my jam. Oh my God. I was like, lick me. (laughs) It's edible. (laughs) What the? Hell, it was like sticky. It was yeah. like can- wearing candy. That shit's good. Do they still make that? No, they don't. And I have a very expired bottle that I refuse to get rid of because it's a replica. Oh! But like I wore it one time and I didn't know, okay, like don't go outside because the bugs will come up to you when the you bugs, smell like dessert. They will eat They you. did, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I also wore um, Aqua Di Gio oh. when I was... Like late high school, okay. I was like really fancy. I was like, "This is Armani, bitch." <laughs> it's Armani, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "This is fancy, honey." 
That was luxurious. Yeah. And that that actually still smells good. It does. I've like revisited it a little bit, like just to like go down memory lane. I, I wore it, I think, in drag for a second. Did you? Because, like, I've heard that, like, Bianca Del Rio wears, like, men's cologne in drag. Okay. Which I think is very gender-bendy. But, like, it wasn't it wasn't for me. I like, the, I like very fruity, very feminine, mm-hmm. very frilly scents if I'm going to be in drag. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aqua Di Gio. That's a good one. I feel yeah. like... Every hot guy would wear that. And his, like, daddy okay. definitely bought him a BMW. Okay. And it's, like, it's a fancy set. See, I didn't have the BMW. But yeah. somehow my parents scraped together enough money to <laughs> get me that perfume. <laughs> Love that. So I feel like you've been in the limelight and such an icon for over a decade. Like, what is it like being Alaska these days? I don't know. It's weird because I don't feel old, but I guess I am mathematically. No, you're not old. You're iconic. <laughs> sure, yes. Uh, as Jackie Beat says, uh, people call her a legend because that means she's survived to be this age yes. that she is, uh, which I feel that. Um, uh, I don't. I, I don't feel that different than I did when I first mm-hmm. started drag. Really, mm-hmm. I I feel. I like to connect to that essence of what it was that made me fall in love with this ridiculous art form Mm -hmm. to begin with. And so if I stay connected to that, I feel like I did when I first started. Absolutely. She's still Jenny from the block. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who were some of your biggest inspirations as you were kind of discovering this art form? Well, it was the Queens of San Francisco. And I, I was 22 and I went to a show at the stud um, and they were, it was Duran Duran night. Oh my gosh. And so Fun. all the drag queens were doing these like crazy performances to Duran Duran songs. And like, they were like spraying water and like their, their tits were water balloons. And like the audience was getting like wet and like, and it was, they were telling stories and it was like gross and kind of like, it was really, it was really wild. And I was like, I want to do this. I love this. I had never seen drag like that. That was like kind of, kind of freaky and visceral and like scary a little bit and dangerous. So I was really into it and I was like, I want to go back home and I want to start doing this. So that's what I did. And that was my, that was when I started drag. And here we are. And here we are still. I'd love to talk a little bit about your experience on reality TV, particularly Drag Race. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's become such a cultural phenomenon. And, you know, like you have become part of pop culture from all of the segments and things you would do on there. Did you feel any hesitation as you were going into this? Or were you like, this is it. I'm all in. Like the world has to see me. Well, no, never hesitation. Because it was like. I started doing drag the year that Drag Race started airing. So it was like we had this similar trajectory and I auditioned every year and I almost got on every year until the fifth season. And so by that point, I was like, I will do anything. Just put me on this fucking show. Yes. (laughs) And so I was just so like, I was so thrilled I got to be a part of it. And the fact that I got to be there for the whole season, I like, that's why I didn't want to go home. I was like, I know I'm not going to win this, but I just want to stay the whole time so I can play the game the whole time. Exactly. 
And I got to, and it was it was lovely. And then, you know, All-Stars 2 happened, and it was like, no, there's no choice. If RuPaul calls you, you show up. Exactly. You don't tell RuPaul no. No, <laughs> I couldn't. And uh, it's so known for these wild challenges that you've had to do. Was there anything that stands out in your mind as, like, I don't know, the most memorable or maybe the scariest or the most out of your comfort zone? They put me in a water tank in my first episode of Drag Race. They put us all in a water tank. Have you seen Top Model where they do the underwater photo shoot? They all look like gorgeous, like underwater mermaid gazelles. Yes. I couldn't go underwater. I can't hold my breath underwater. I had these contacts in, so so I had to take them out. I couldn't see. I was wearing a plastic bag, which created like a... It was like wearing a life preserver and trying to go underneath. So I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. I, uh, oh, I was, but luckily they didn't send me home. And you pulled it off. Thank you, editors. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to talk about the origins of Alaska. I okay. have, um, we were talking about it earlier before we hit record, but <laughs> <laughs> the origin story that we were talking about, um, should I read it? Sure. A bizarre cosmic collision propelled Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 to Earth in March 1966. Her age and species remain unknown to the public, but a few of her enemies claim to hold copies of her spawning record and her universal passport. I don't even know who wrote that. That is like <laughs> literally, that's the, they needed something to put in my website, like in the like description. And someone wrote, someone from the team wrote that and it just has been on there and now it shows up in every fucking press release, <laughs> every <laughs> article. Uh, like, uh, so yeah, I don't even know what that's about. But the the actual origin story of Alaska is that she's a she's an extraterrestrial and she's from the planet Glamtron. Yes, and she crash landed on planet Earth. And she's trying to get enough Twitter followers to get her spaceship back up and running. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the government is now talking about there is UFOs. I think they're, like, on their way back for you. You've made contact, yes? Girl, we've known all along. Right? Okay. Uh, Aliens are real. Hello? Yeah. (laughs) I wonder what they look like. Me. Hopefully. (laughs) How did you come up with the persona Alaska Thunderfuck 5000? What goes into a name? Well, I stole the name. Uh, I stole it because uh, I was really into uh, marijuana when I was in college. Yes. Um, and my friends were talking about like exotic strains that they had tried. And someone was like, have you ever tried Alaskan Thunderfuck? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what did you just say? It like struck me. And I wrote it down in my notebook so I wouldn't forget it. And I was like, I had never done drag before at mm-hmm. that point. And I was like, this is my drag name. I love that. And so that was it. And so I'm so grateful that it's easy to spell. I'm glad. I, I wish that was foresight. It was just luck. Yeah. I yeah. I actually didn't know it was a strain. And yeah. look at you. You have like eclipsed the strain. <laughs> well, I think if you Google us, we both come up. Okay. So we share it. Yeah. Yeah. There's love to go around. Yeah. I'd love to talk about your self-discovery journey. I found it really inspiring because you grew up in Erie, PA, and you talked a bit Mm -hmm. about in previous interviews about how you were shy and introverted. And I feel like if you could tell Alaska then what you'd be doing now, I feel like that would surprise a lot of people, including yourself, right? 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. I mean, if I could go back and tell my young self something, I wouldn't because I don't believe in altering the timeline. Yes. Um, because it can throw off, you know, everything. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I'm grateful for those times when I was introverted because mm-hmm. I feel like in some way, I, I mean, I was training or like studying like I spent so much time drawing pictures and I would draw like beautiful women all the time just like obsessively and then it, the next evolution was like doing it on using my body as the medium and so just like creating that onto myself and becoming it and then that merged with like I kind of discovered theater when I was in like late high school and so all of that sort of came together and like I was a skinny like weird gay kid so (laughs) there were no roles for me but once I started dressing up like a lady it was like now this is a role this is a good role yes and you made your own roles we love that yeah you know aside from theater and you know your art did you have any other early connections to drag or was it just kind of like an evolution my gosh, I mean, the only drag I saw was in the birdcage. Yes. Uh, and so it, it, in the birdcage, Nathan Lane, like, is singing. She, like, sings songs. So when I first went to, like, a gay bar, there were, like, drag queens performing, and they were lip syncing. I was mm-hmm. like, what are they doing? Like, they're not... They're not singing. What is this? <laughs> it was very strange to me. So I was like, if I become a drag queen, I want to like use my voice and make noises into a microphone. So, oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the sound systems were not set up for that. Yeah, they weren't ready. Starting <laughs> drag. So I learned how to sing on really shitty sound systems, which I think is good training. I think it is. If you can make it sound good on those sound systems, (laughs) then Carnegie Hall ain't ready. (laughs) (laughs) So you touched a little bit about, you know, beginning in San Francisco and going to the stud. You said that the stud was a really important queer bar for you. Oh, it is. I mean, the Heclina, um, who is no longer alive, but she's like an icon, and it it wasn't even, I mean, it's been so many years since then, but... So so many doors that she opened and so many like spaces she created for people who felt like they didn't fit in anywhere mm-hmm. to come and like do drag and like do be what they are, whatever that is, even if it's disgusting, even if it's messy, even if it's weird. And she created that space and the stud was part of that. San Francisco is part of that. And um Yes, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, and it's so important to have safe spaces like that where you can really be yourself and show off your artistic expression. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There are so many things where all roads lead back to drag, right? Like every big TikTok beauty trend leads back to drag. Like people were not (laughs) contouring before they were referencing the people who did it first in drag. And even like... People who say these fun and quirky colloquialisms, a lot of that verbiage originated in drag. And I feel very strongly, clearly, that it is an important art form. And yeah, I think that, I guess it's just more of a statement than a question. Like, let's pay credit where it's due, basically. It is definitely like a cycle, Mm -hmm. like, especially as far as like the beauty trends go. Mm -hmm. Like, because drag started out as 
a, a lot of it was they were impersonating the greats. They were impersonating Marilyn Monroe or Diana Ross right. or, you know, whoever. So they were taking from the mainstream and what they saw on TV, Bob Mackie and, you know, mm-hmm. the clothes and the, everything like that. Then it started to, then as drag became more like popularized, then the mainstream started to borrow from drag and get inspired by it. They were like, this is underground and it's really fucking cool. Let's start to, you know, Madonna. Yes. Let's kind of pull from Vogue culture and ball culture. And then the makeup and then the Kardashians started contouring and then it was over for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it's weird because like on red carpets, the celebrities are dr- dressing like fucking drag queens yeah. now. <laughs> and I love it. It's great. It's wild. It's also way easier to buy um, eyelashes now because they're just gigantic right off the rack. Yes. There's so many good eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. And as far as language goes, I mean, the the drag language can be rooted back to ball culture. Right. And it can be rooted back to people of color from pretty much from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where, like, all the language originates from. You know, hunty, fierce, uh, you know, throwing shade. Like, all of these things, it roots back to... I think ball culture. Absolutely. And now on the news, they're like, this celebrity was throwing shade today at Kakaraka. Like, I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's, I love that it's spread to everyone. Yes. I mean, I guess so that people will use these colloquialisms correctly. Would you mind going into a few popular terms that you hear a lot? Because I know throwing shade is one of them. Reading. Reading is fundamental. Yes. Oh. Uh, and I hear realness a lot. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's like used in the proper way because I know what Miss Dorian Corey and Venus Extravaganza yeah. defined it as. But I feel like sometimes people use it a bit. Right. It's like kind of indefinable. I mean, reading is like, is like, I mean, Dorian Corey describes it as like, I can't just, uh, we, if, if I'm here with another fat drag queen, we can't just call each other fat drag queens. That's obvious. So I have to go for deeper. I have to find, I have to find something else to read her about, like her terrible clothes or her tacky costume. Shay comes from reading. Reading came first. Reading is the real art form of insult. Now you want to talk about reading? Let's talk about reading. What is wrong with you, Pedro? Are you going through it? You're going through some kind of psychological change so in like, your life? Yeah, like reading is like, I don't know. It's, it's bonding. It's also like being, like drag queens have a sort of culture of like, we're going to say the kind of worst things that we can to each other Mm -hmm. so that we're prepared to go out there and face the audience or face the public. Like nothing that anybody out there can say is going to leave a mark. It's not going to affect us at all because we've already said the worst shit we could possibly have (laughs) to our sisters. Yeah, and then as Dorian explained in Paris is burning, she was like, <laughs> shade and reading are different. Like, shade is like, I don't have to tell you you're ugly. You know you're ugly, but like, I'm going to allude to the fact that you're ugly, but you already know. <laughs> She's so good. She's so God good. Bless her. Uh, were there any other times you felt that you wanted to elaborate on? Well, it's weird because um, usually once once the terms are being used a lot, 
Mm-hmm. It's already like the culture is already moving on to the next right. one. I, I know that Boots is having a resurgence. Okay. It's like Boots, like um, Boots is like, oh, yes, very much. Like, oh, my gosh, you look sickening Boots. Okay. So, and that was really popular, I don't know, 10 years ago. And then now, because it's vintage, it's mm-hmm. sort of coming back and being used more. I mean, everything vintage is new again, exactly. apparently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So Scent Connection, this is our rapid fire segment where you're gonna smell some of these iconic to me scents. And I would love for you to tell me what kind of a character you would build around these fragrances. I'll tell you what they are because I feel like that could also help with the characterization of it all. And of course we gotta start with our girl, Brittany. I remember the ads for this so vividly. Oh, the commercials are so good. Once there was an angel and she was a girl lost in the woods. (laughs) And now she's free. What is that? Curious? Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to why it smells like this. <laughs> it has like a clean, like a cool, like a cool watery kind of mm-hmm. feeling. And the bottle was blue, I think. I think so. Yeah, it was so the blue. So it was like the... If you don't want to smell like a baby prostitute, this was the alternative. <laughs> what kind what of a is character there? is she? She's like in a hotel room. She's in the Onyx Hotel. And she walks into her room, but she sees a hot guy going into the room next to her. And so she leans her head up against the wall. And when she does, she can see them in rapturous lovemaking. And then <laughs> she realizes it was all a dream. Curious. Oh my god, I love that. That's the new ad for Curious. <laughs> I think truly. it's the old ad. I think it's the she does have a fragrance commercial um, where that's the plot line. <laughs> we drew inspiration, <laughs> we'll just say. So next in this like other tiny scent bird vial, we have Ariana Grande's Moonlight. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I'm excited about this. Now this is my jam. This is a girl and she's got really high go-go boots on and she's got a very high ponytail and she sings in whistle notes. Yes. And sometimes if she's feeling casual, she just wears a huge oversized hoodie and sings songs. Oh, I love that. That's good. It's good. There is a note of marshmallow in it that I particularly like because I'm a gourmand girly and I feel like it's sweet, but it's sassy. That's hot. Mm -hmm. Ariana. Okay, but speaking of what's hot, we have Paris Hilton's (laughs) Heiress here. That's hot. (laughs) So hot. Heiress? Heiress. Good name. I like her... um, her self-titled fragrance as well, but Eris, I feel like, doesn't get enough love, and I would love to hear about the character that comes to mind. Oh, my gosh. She definitely has a dog in a purse. Yes. I'm getting that. <laughs> her mom was on Real Housewives for a stint. It was all hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it smells like... like generational wealth (laughs) it smells like money that has come down the line from like the morgans 
the Rockefellers, yes. like that sort of thing. Like, People on the Titanic. Sure. <laughs> it smells like the inside of like one of those really big, like a Rolls Royce kind of car. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. She does have a pink Bentley. She does? Yeah. That's what this smells like. Yeah. <laughs> this is the new car smell of Bentleys. Preferably pink ones. What does that, that have in it? Is it melon or something? Maybe. I get a little bit, and this is not shade, but like I get a little bit of Victoria's Secret love spell vibes in okay. a way. Yeah, like a grapefruity moment almost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, Ariana's top of the charts for me so far. If you like Ariana, maybe is Pink Sugar by Aqualina familiar to you? No. Oh, my gosh. Who's Aqualina? I want to meet her. So it's a fragrance brand, and they have a cotton candy. I mean, I probably shouldn't even tell you this before you smell it because I want to hear your interpretation. But she's a gourmand. She's cute. And I want to hear about this character that comes to mind. What does a gourmand mean? Gourmand is basically notes like cotton candy, marshmallow, caramel, chocolate, vanilla that you could theoretically eat but, like, turn you into a snack. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. It smells like chocolate, like chocolate drizzled strawberries in a hotel suite. Mmm. Yeah, she's fully like chocolate. (laughs) Maybe she just works at a chocolate factory and when she comes home, this is what she reeks of at the end of the night. Is she Veruca Salt? (laughs) Good. Oh. Oh my gosh. Who who Aqualina? What's it called? What's her name? Aqualina, That's Pink Sugar. Name. There are actually other pink sugar iterations. Like there's Pink Sugar Sunshine, which has like coconut and pineapple and like vacation realness. And then Pink Sugar, like red velvet, which takes you in another direction. Probably leaning more into like Miss like strawberries with satin sheets. Very that. Wow, that's good. Oh my gosh, Gourmand. Okay, so next we will spray Kayali's Eden Juicy Apple. Have you sprayed this before? No. This brand is huge. I love their I love all of their fragrances, but this one I feel like is very underrated. We talked to the founder Mona Catan about this and she said, I don't want to like give you inspiration, but she said it was like the 90s in a bottle. Oh. Great. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Mmm, it smells so fresh. Yes, it smells like jeans. It smells like going to the mall. Mm-hmm. Aeropostal. Paxson. Hollister. And it's really dark yeah. inside the Hollister store. <laughs> you can't see very well. Mmm. She's the cool girl. Like, she's very much it like, is. you can talk to me after school, but don't say hi to me in the hallway. It is. And this, this doesn't feel super gendered either. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel super. It feels like anyone could wear this. It's cool. It's crisp. It's, it's like, it's like an ocean, like, mm-hmm. surf. She's for everyone. Nice. The beautiful thing about those scents is they're they're really beautiful when they're layered. So you could even layer it with red for filth and kind of take it in another direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then no one smells like you because you're wearing a combination. It's a couture scent. Exactly. It's curated. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, this was very famous to me growing up. Curve by Liz Claiborne. Are we familiar? 
Now, wait a second. What is this? Is this for men? No, but they have a men's version that they marketed. But this is okay. the one that I kind of. Oh, I'm scared of this right now. <laughs> what? This, this smells like Talbot's. Like a Talbot's <laughs> department store. Dress barn. Oh. <laughs> uh. Minivan. <laughs> Flats. Oh, this smells like hairspray, but it smells like the cheap hairspray. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Liz Claiborne. <laughs> if you're watching, my apologies. That uh, I also just the name Curve like gave mm -hmm. me a shiver because okay. my brother used to wear Curve the the men. Oh yeah, it was like in an orange bottle. I think. Yeah. Okay. He used to wear that, and that was like mingling with the Axe body spray. Oh, it just no. became this adolescent kind of nightmare. This ain't right. What is this? What is in there? Do you know? I think Freesia. I feel like Freesia was big back then. Freesia. Yeah. Like I feel like. In the Bath and Body Works realm, you were either like a Freesia girly or a cucumber melon girly. I was a sweet pea girly, so. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like pink in a bottle, basically, my vibe. But Freesias. I despise Freesias. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't right. She's after Do school pickup. Do we have something to cleanse our palate? Give me that. What's that chocolate this one again? One. This one. She's the one you love. Mm, okay. Something to get the Talbots out of my <laughs> fucking nose. Wait, can we ASMR? Yes. But then you have to whisper about it. That's delicious. It smells like chocolate candy. Oh, I love that. Oh, wait, here's the lid. Wait, should I ASMR the lid? That shit smells so good. Yeah. This is the one. That's the doll. Yes. I guess just in closing, and I guess this is kind of a loaded question, right? Okay. But like in your years of becoming the drag icon that you are, what is one of the most empowering things that you've taken away from the experience? Or if there's something really empowering and impactful that somebody told you along your journey? Well, I mean, I definitely see the impact it has on young people. Mm -hmm. And that's something I never expected when I first got into drag. I was never like, I'm doing this so I could be an inspiration to children. <laughs> I never thought, it was just something that called to me and spoke to me and like something I had no choice but to do. And so, but like doing it so many years, I do see the like impact. Like, like if I was, you know, 12 or 13 and I had the chance to watch a show like RuPaul's Drag Race like who knows how what how how I would have like found myself and been more comfortable with myself earlier in my life and not sort of struggled so many years so I don't know I I see the impact that it has on young people and also people who've lived their whole lives thinking 
this is a very rigid path that I'm on and there's nothing I can, I'm not allowed out of it. Drag like breaks that open and says, you can, you can be kind of anything you want because it's all an illusion anyway. So I like that. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And yeah. you'll have to come back when you launch your second one. Absolutely. Hello. Blue for filth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You've been listening to Scent World. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava, mixed by Alex Roses, production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>